podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Salah's just scored twice against you. Kudos and Bowen both scored against you in the game before. Yep. So you captain Saka in game week 13, Tom. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondents. My name is James, and we're looking forward to a London derby in game week 13 on this one. Firstly, let me introduce you to our Brentford correspondent, Tom Med. How are you, Tom? I'm good, mate. How are you? All well? Very well. Thank you, mate. And our Arsenal correspondent, Adam Pritchard's in. How are you, Adam? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, James. Doing very good. Good stuff. Tom, how are we feeling about the bees at the moment? We was a few of us were saying, oh, I'm getting a bit concerned about them. Then suddenly, what three three wins on a bounce, but then we'll beaten at Liverpool on Sunday. Absolutely, like I mean, fine. I think everyone. It's like every season. I think for some reason, like everyone now thinks that we're sort of this because we've had three good seasons in the Premier League. Everyone now thinks we're sort of like you feel like the furniture already. Yeah, I think, well, I think, I think it. everyone else thinks that we are. If that, I mean, everyone judges us by that. If that makes sense, it's not a. You know, everyone doesn't look at you know how little we spend every year and and all of that side of things. It's because we've had some good seasons. It's now we're part of pay yeah, exactly part of the furniture, but it's a little bit. Um, I think we still get overestimated almost, and then and then quickly underestimated once we once we do a few games where we don't play very well. I think part of that as well is your record against the big six, isn't it? Like since start last season, it's actually only Arsenal. I think. I've taken more points against the uh, the traditional big six than yourselves since start of last season. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, obviously it comes into it, and then we have terrible performances, uh, you know, against teams that's quickly forgotten. I think, and then because everyone remembers, yeah, the big games against the big clubs and the stats that come out of like you know being um, unbeaten at Stamford Bridge since we've come up. Just thought he's got it nice in already. Thing. Two minutes had to, in, had to. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think people, but obviously those stats come out quite quickly when you're a team like Brentford and the size and like, you know, the, the size of our club comparatively to someone like Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. And so people remember that, I think, more so than when you're one of the bigger clubs, it sort of washes, washes away quicker. Adam, how do you feel about them? It always feels tough, doesn't it, playing them? Yeah, I don't know if it's still got that kind of like opening day scars from, is it? two or three seasons ago it was your first game back up and uh when we had like a third of a squad and everyone on the pitch had covid and scurvy and kind of all that kind of stuff um and that was just like that was the very stereotypical underdog bloodies the nose of kind of one of the big teams they're being a bit more physical than uh the kind of more favored side is used to and yeah i don't know whether that's stayed in my mind and I've always then had that kind of perception like you say that um that it's going to be a much more difficult game than sometimes perhaps it bears out to be but I mean even the game at the Emirates last season all right there was the controversy around the kind of goal that shouldn't have been allowed and all that kind of stuff but it wasn't like even then Arsenal were swanning away with the game and kind of got hit by an unlucky uh, goal late on it was still a relatively tight contest um, so yeah I think perhaps I'm one of those people who's guilty of thinking that Brentford are going to be a relatively comfortable sort of 13th 14th as a floor kind of side but 
yeah, it's it's certainly not a game I look forward to. That's that. I was worried for you, Tom, before those those three recent victories because the injuries were building up, right? We've obviously Rico Henry injured. Now you've got Aaron Hickey injured as well. It was just like, was it was it finally starting to bite where is Mbumo going to keep scoring? Suddenly looking at the squad and going, it's a little bit thin. This doesn't feel ideal. But then the recovery was great. Basically, basically since Thomas Frank went on Monday Night Football, I think you started winning football matches. Again, everyone went, yeah, yeah, I, I, he knows what he's talking about. Um, yeah, Thomas, I, I don't think I've been too worried this season, but more so because there's obviously clearly some worse teams this season. Um, so I've never, I've still not, I've not got to the point where I was like, oh, actually, I'm worried that we could get drawn into this. And I think we'd had some, we'd had some bad results, and yeah, we've had some injuries, but the squad itself is still relatively strong. Um, Coming up to Africa Cup of Nations will be interesting because we'll lose obviously quite a few players during that time. Um, hopefully, I'll have a few players back by that point. Um, but no, I, I didn't. I didn't get to the point where I was worried. Um, but it was one of those where it's like, okay, maybe this is going to be another right off season. And then obviously, the last three, yeah, three wins in a row. Obviously, before the Liverpool game, that sort of has pushed us back into a, into a nice position. I think we're back up to sort of ninth, tenth, aren't we now? I think. Yeah, careful. Still bottom half, mate. Oh, we eleven. Oh, um, but sixteen points from twelve. It's a good return. Sorry. I think it's, it's roughly where we'd we'd expect you to be. And I, I get what you're saying about because of the teams at the bottom. It, it does feel like almost unthinkable. Like you'd get dragged in, right? Yeah, it's, it's sort of because it's a bit of a weird season. Obviously, with obviously they've been you know, you know some of the teams down there not able to spend any sort of money, sort of thing. Um, and obviously the how without being too negative, they do look obviously a lot weaker than a lot of the teams that have been in and around. And a lot of the teams that previously were playing bad, obviously playing slightly better this this season. So I just haven't been too worried so far. And obviously picked up some points at the start of the season, which sort of put us in a good position to start with. So yeah, those bad results sort of were bad. And I, but I think it was one of those where they were worse than they looked. We weren't playing awfully. We just weren't getting the getting the goals in there. Yeah, I think it was, it was the Everton game caused a bit of alarm. I yeah, think. but then she got well beat that night. We did, and then although watching them how they're performing now, it's almost like yeah. well, maybe we were the first game of them actually playing better. Um, and yeah, I think I think it was just, again, it was an off, it was a good night for them, off night, a very off night for us as well. So yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned at the moment. Still optimistic as always. Adam, happy with where Arsenal are placed at the moment? Um, where we're placed. Uh, yeah, if you want, if you would put it like that, I think we are playing in a manner that is much more sustainable to a kind of season-long title push. Um, and I think that's at least amongst the more level-headed Arsenal fans, and there are kind of relatively few of us around at the moment. But yeah, I'd notice, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone seems to be losing their heads a little bit. But um, but yeah, no, I think our more um. I think we're more we're set up now where we're more concerned about keeping clean sheets and keeping the game uh, structured from a defensive point of view, which I just think is kind of it's how we've seen Man City evolve under Guardiola as well over the last uh, few years, um, and I think that's what Arteta is trying to do this season, and it's working. Or we've conceded the least xG in the league at the moment. I think we're joint most for clean sheets um, as well. So yeah, we're much. We're much more structured and much more disciplined at the back. Um, she's helped a little bit by the fact that we 
have kept to like a better kind of bill of health than we did towards the back end of the last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of where we're positioned at the moment, I think we are probably maybe still the team that you would expect to push City the most, which is kind of where I think everyone had us at the start of the season. Um, so yeah, I can't really complain about the position at all. Liverpool feel part of this conversation now, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely much more so than I think they were at the start of the season. I think maybe it's just the kind of media that I consumed, but it was City, like still strong favourites. Arsenal probably pushing them most of the way. But then the kind of Liverpool was still in that kind of top four debate with Newcastle and Man United at the start of the season. Um, But yeah, no, I think they're... I would still put them as like third favourites. I still think we'll probably finish above them, but they're much more in the pitch than I think a lot of people were expecting. Yeah, the bookies would agree with you currently, mate. So I think that's fair. I just don't Obviously, they play each other next, City and, and Liverpool as the opening game in game week 13. You got a preference on a result? Uh, I'll take a draw, to be honest. Not, with... not, not, not just Liverpool win? No, because I think well, just because of the fact that we're still level on points with Liverpool and we're like behind them on goal difference. Um, I, I think in that kind of situation, a draw a draw benefits us most. Like you've got to kind of assume that we, well, you've not got to assume, you've got to hope that we do our job and win our game, um, which is obviously kind of what you would have to focus on. Um, but yeah, no, I think a draw would be the thing that benefits us most. And obviously if it is a draw, should you win at the G-Tech? Are we, are we still G-Tech this year, Tom? Yes, whatever you want to call okay. it now. So. Yeah. Obviously, that would put you top. It's it's the five thirty kickoff. Does it feel a little bit like for you with, with this run coming up and Brentford certainly isn't an easy game, but then with Wolves at home and Luton away, while City play Liverpool, Tottenham, and then go to Villa, does it almost feel like you're a point behind? You need to be ahead of them at the end of this this free game run because we know how difficult they are to catch once they get ahead. I think. Even if we, maybe we don't have to be ahead. I think we have to pick up. I think there's probably up into that Villa game that you cited. I think we could probably only afford to draw one of those games. And I would expect that to be away at Villa. I think that's going to be a very, very uh, a tough match. So I think if we're focusing on kind of ourselves and how Arsenal are going to do, I think, yeah, you, you can you can never afford to drop points in a title race to Man City. It's, it was kind of, silly draws at the back end of last season that were kind of what put uh, a lot of the nails in our coffin. Um, so, yeah, I think focusing on ourselves, we have to just focus on, like, yeah, only having that one slip-up is really what I would say is the maximum. I, I mentioned the next three um, because the three after that, which obviously includes going to Villa, which is straight after City go to Villa, it's tough. It's Brighton at home, which I know they're not winning games at the moment. It's never an easy game to play them, as you know. And then you go to Anfield, in the blank game week of, of game week 18. That, that's why I asked, do you feel like you need to be ahead before that little run? Because to pick up nine from that three would be some achievement. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think the Brighton game is after a midweek where there's European football. And that is correct. To be honest, I, Brighton, uh, they're not, they weren't exactly like defensively solid last season, but this season, I, think they're, a, <laughs> I think they're looking a little bit more porous than they were uh, last year. And, to be fair, I don't know whether it's like a psychological thing, but the certainly last season's games against Liverpool, we should have won that game at Anfield. We should have, I mean, it shouldn't really have 
you should have won it, but then you very easily could have lost it. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. We shouldn't have gotten to the position where we were clinging on for dear life at the end. And the game at the Emirates, I think we were, for a lot of it, pretty comfortably better. And I know it's a different Arsenal side than it was last season. But if you look at how, certainly how we let them back into the game at Anfield, it was a lot of defensive mistakes. This kind of what was a bit of my concern at the start of this season, the spacing between the midfield and the defence. And we've tightened that up so much. And with Declan Rice, we've got someone who can kind of cover up for some of those structural inadequacies anytime they like do open up. So I think our failings against Liverpool specifically are what we've addressed uh, most significantly this season, which is why I'd feel... It's difficult to go into a game at Anfield and say you ever feel confident, but I wouldn't be as worried as I have been in past seasons, I think. I will remember to ask you the week before you go there if you still feel <laughs> that way when the game's right on the agenda. Tom, how do you, how do you see the title race at the moment? I'd say just three teams involved now. Is that how you see yeah. it? Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, I see those three. Um, I mean, City are always the team to beat just because they're just Man City, but... Liverpool, obviously, I think it's one of those where, yeah, before it's basically what Adam said, it was like before the start of the season, I was like Man City and Arsenal again this season. Um, but yeah, obviously, Liverpool have addressed a lot of midfield issues and, and are looking a lot better as well. So it's going to be between those two. I think it will be close. I think it'll be close this year. Then I think it will be close this year because Man City are obviously just, they seem, well, they're always a little bit leaky every every so often anyway. They they don't like to, but they usually fall in the head before they, before they drop a few goals. But I think the yeah, Declan Rice obviously is just I mean, I saw him last year when he was playing for West Ham when we went on for Brentford West Ham last year and he didn't start because of the Europa League final. But when he came on, it's just it's like the presence he has in the middle. It's like you, the amount of time he manages to produce in, in the game is ridiculous. And I just think that's just steps us up to another level really this year. How impressed have you been with him, Adam? Uh immensely. Um every kind of West Ham fan will any West Ham fans who have got Arsenal supporting friends will know that like any chance you get and football comes up in conversation it's just like I didn't I knew Declan Rice was good I didn't realize he would be this good in this team and this good in so many different ways like realistically at the moment he's our he's been our best number six this season and he's also been the best player in the left eight position as well he can just do he can just do so much and you can almost see it in the way that the balance of the way the team is playing has shifted more to wherever he is gravitating, which is sometimes kind of pulling focus away a little bit from the right-hand side. But he, he's just immense. And I think what I've enjoyed most, and I think I might have mentioned it uh, when you had me on before the Bournemouth game, is just how much he seems to get the spirit of the club and how much he has bought into being one of kind of the key leaders on that pitch, especially uh, with uh, Erdegaard's absence. I think he's really, really stepped up and he's he's so rarely below a kind of eight out of 10. Um, the My only concern is almost how good he has been, what happens if he gets injured and are we overplaying him? But they get, then again, he's done it for two seasons in a row for West Ham in terms of playing European football. You don't uh, miss much, football. right? Exactly, exactly. So I think 
yeah, uh, hundred million looks looks a bargain completely, especially when you compare it to the kind of the other players in the league who have gone for that. Uh, have you got um, a, a preference where he plays, or is it definitive for you based on who else is available or the opponent? Or it's it's probably a bit of both. I think it's partly who's available, um, and yeah, then the opponent. I think if we're at home in games against teams probably outside like the top six, top eight. I would prefer to see him as the six and then have someone like, depending on fitness and suspension, someone like a Smith-Rowe, a Havertz, a Vieira in that left eight role. Um, but then again, I think in in those tougher games, even in some tougher away games, and I would, I would count Brentford away as probably being one of those where I think having him in that left eight just does give a little bit more security. I think a little bit more... It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable that we're going to have more uh, more control over the game state, I think. So you'd prefer him to play higher up against Brentford? Yeah, I think so. Although, to be honest, and I don't think this will happen, but assuming Ben White comes back to fitness, which I think he will, I would like to see at some point us try out Zinchenko in that left-sided eight role because he does it so well, or he plays further up so well for Ukraine. Um and he's obviously capable technically, and he's come on as a sub for us uh, on the wing at times. So it's clear Arteta knows he is good in kind of more open spaces or congested areas in midfield. Um, so I would like to see him there, to be honest, but I, I don't really think that'll happen. What's White's relevance to that? Uh, well, White playing right back means Tommy Asu can go left back. Whereas if White is out... Is that, has... is that Tommy Asu stepping into midfield, though? In the well, kind of it, Zinchenko role, if you will. It could be, but I suppose if you've got two players who are more comfortable on the left-hand side of that kind of central midfield zone in Rice and Zinchenko, you probably don't need Tomiyasu to do that as much. You can have him almost as a more orthodox left-back. Left I get you. But yeah, I mean, I, the chances of that, the fact that we haven't seen it like at all, really, not even really in pre-season from memory, is... I. Just don't think it will happen anytime soon. Do you think, and you can buy at this if you want, Adam. <laughs> Good. Do you think you've become a little bit more boring in the search of trying to match City? And that's not a, it's not a critical question, by the way. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's fair. I think well, I mean, you can the attacking metrics show us as being that we've got a lower non penalty xG per ninety than we did. Uh, last season I know we haven't had as many games as we had last season um, so the stats do bear themselves out that we are we are creating less and in terms of our position in the league for that non-pen XG per 90 I think we're like 11th this season uh, whereas last season we were third so yeah we're not we're definitely not creating as many opportunities and we're not as free-flowing as we were in attack and I think there are probably two reasons for that. I think the first thing that gets overlooked quite a lot is that we've we've had a lot of injuries and we've had a lot of injuries in attack. Like we've only I wish played. Would stop mentioning injuries to me, honestly. I, swear. <laughs> I can see you sweating, mate. Um, <laughs> but, I'm sweating it out, mate. Yeah, we're um, so we've only played uh, Jesus, Martinelli, and Saka. I think we've only actually started them in one league game, and that was the away game at Chelsea. Um, and then you kind of add on to that. 
swapping out the the fullbacks as well. The fact that Erdegaard's missed a few games now too, it just disrupts the fluency of what before was a was a relatively solid unit. And I know Jesus was obviously missing for large spells the last seasons, but it wasn't like he was coming in and coming out again. It was like he was out for a set period of time and then he was back. So you could call, sort of get used to building up those attacking relationships. So I think the injuries have definitely been a factor. But then, like I was saying, I do think we are just set up set up to control the game state a little bit more. And I think, like probably a lot of Arsenal fans, Arteta has probably got a little bit of like PTSD from how last season ended. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was not just uh, defensive injuries, but just a lack of defensive control that I think cost us in... The three games that I think cost us the title were it was West Ham, Southampton and Liverpool. And I think if you look at all of those, it was just silly, needless lapses in defence that, that ultimately cost us. It's a bit alarming though, is it? That 11th, you are right, I've just double-checked the 11th for non-penalty XJ. Is that is that something we should be making a bigger deal of or not? Because um, you, you have played, other than Luton, you have played everyone down there. You have played Sheffield United. I mean, you have played Burnley. I mean, you played everyone down there, bar Luton, basically. What I would say is how many goals did we score in those games? We That was when we kind of clicked a little bit more going forward. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's really difficult to say that people shouldn't be alarmed because I think a lot of people were coming in, a lot of Arsenal fans were coming into this season wanting like a copy and paste of last season, but obviously going one step further. Um, and I think they, I think a lot of people had thought that the style of football was going to continue as well and that it was just putting Declan Rice in the team and then that solves all the defensive issues and we can just carry on being free-flying going forward. But I think... I just don't know if that style of football is sustainable. I mean, even when you look at teams who have won the league in the past, it it's only really the one season Liverpool did it where someone, a team who has been that kind of cavalier, I would say, in an attacking sense, has been able to make that kind of push right to the end of the season. And then there's obviously loads of different factors around the circumstances of that season. Um so I just think this way of playing football is more conducive to a, a season-long league push. But I get—I certainly get why people were not like thrilled with it. Yeah, I mean, look, defensive numbers are strong. I would probably add back and say that defensive numbers were strong last year. And obviously everybody references back Saliba got injured and then those three games you mentioned were obviously not long after that, then followed by obviously the Manchester City game as well. Um, but I know Clayton keeps talking about this. He, he does keep saying that there's a little bit of a concern creativity issue. If we compare to, say, Brentford, do you know where you knock up on that table, Tom? Non-penalty XG? Should I be optimistic? Seventh. Well, you went with the wrong S, mate. It's sixth. Okay. And and, and the other thing I note that's quite interesting, we just spoke about before you, the game against Liverpool, you obviously had the three wins in a row against Burnley, Chelsea and and West Ham. Adam, you haven't won three games in a row in the league this season. Which is, no, has got to be true. one of the most surprising statistics knocking about, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it it probably is. And if you look at 
I suppose I can take each of those games in, not in isolation, but I can kind of in my head explain them away. Like the Newcastle game, don't need to relitigate that. But even if you can say Arsenal didn't deserve to lose, probably didn't do enough to win either. The Chelsea game was just such an off night from an individual player quality perspective. Like I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've seen Zinchenko play worse. I don't think I've seen Rice play worse. Odegaard play like they were all just off it so much that it almost seems like the exception rather than rather than the rule. The North London derby is an enigma in of itself, and obviously Declan Rice going off at halftime, I think, had a big. Uh, had a big kind of factor to play into that. And then the Fulham game, I think we were very much ahead in terms of the expected goals there. Um, so I think that's one of those games where if you, uh, yeah, I think we were like, I think we registered over three XG in that match and they had less than one. So even then that's one way you would say on the balance over the course of the season, we win that game nine times out of 10. Um, so I think there are reasons to explain each game which we haven't won. But then again, I'm not going to stand here kind of game week 38 and run through 10 games we should have won because we didn't win. And oh, I, I, Listen, I think I think your answer is, is very good in fairness. It, there's probably something to be said in terms of asking questions of or of Arsenal. I don't want to say more defensive, but let's say pragmatic a little bit more this year in the sense those three draws have all been 2-2, right? It's not a mm. nil-nil or a one-one. So it's almost like if you defend properly in those three games, you end up winning them. I think the Chelsea game is the one you were fortuitous that night. Yeah, the Declan Rice. I agree with you. The Fulham game you should have won, but the Newcastle and Manchester City games are probably fresh in our mind, and they were both similar in the sense that there weren't open games of football. Right, one you edged, one you didn't. So is that a reflection on, like what you said, what's happening in other games? It's like, we ain't doing that. And, and you know that somewhere along the line, okay, it didn't happen against Newcastle, you'll create something if you defend properly. Is that part what this is? Yeah, and I suppose the kind of counterbalance to that is that if you're making games, certainly against like the top half teams, if you're making games tighter just by the very nature of the way that you play, you do leave yourself open to, well, it's nil-nil at half time. What are we going to do if like a freak accident happens essentially and it goes against the run of play? Uh, um, I do think you can leave yourself a little bit susceptible to that if you're kind of lowering, let's say you're lowering the total amount of goals or chances there are going to be in a game and just, trusting the attacking quality that more of them are going to fall to you than they are the opposition um but yeah i mean uh, that newcastle game was a bit of a like there are loads of teams are going to go to st james's park this season and lose and i know they've got a lot of injuries now and obviously the result of the weekend was poor and they looked bad but i mean i think a large amount of that can be put down to the the thin nature of their squad no fair tom do you go into this with confidence do you think, oh, Arsenal bonus points? Or, or does that record you've had against the bigger clubs in the league make you think, bring it on, let's, let's go? I think it's still sort of free hit territory um, when you play sort of. I think that's the nice thing about obviously playing the teams like Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool. You sort of go into it going, well, there's nothing to lose really. It's sort of one of those where you're almost expected to get beat. So you may as well just see what happens, go for it. I know obviously 
the way we set up is always relatively defensive sitting on the counter. So it's sort of gives us opportunities. I mean, um, obviously the Liverpool game on the weekend, we sort of, although obviously it ended up being 3-0, I think we actually had, I think we had more XG in the game and, and we actually created a lot more uh, chances than Liverpool. So even though we sit with this um, figure of everyone saying, oh, you know, five to five back and very defensive and uh, obviously it, is frustra- it frustrates the game, but we still created 16 chances on the weekend um, and had many, many, many corners. And yeah, we probably um, definitely should have scored. So it's um, it's one of those where we can take a sort of chance and there's nothing to, again, there's nothing to lose in the game and sort of just go for it. And um, if we do lose 2-3-0, no, it doesn't really matter because you sort of just reset, move on to the next game because it's sort of like you go into it expecting to lose and, and hoping for the best, I'd say. I take it five at the back against Arsenal, Tom? Yeah, it, it will be. Um, but I don't but... know who's going to... But I don't know who's going to be playing left back this week. So um, go on. What's the issue? Got so, no one left, or um, so I mean. So this weekend we tried Rosleff, who's usually right wing back at left wing back, and and he was pretty poor. Um, I mean, basically, I mean, Mo Salah had the run of it because he had Ben Me in his first ninety minute game this season, and and Rosleff out of position playing left wing back, uh, playing left wing back as a right wing back. So, um. I think Janel is better at left back, but whether he can do a job at left wing back, I'm not really sure. So it honestly could be any one of four or five players playing there this weekend. So, I mean, you might even see like Sam and Goddard sit there at left wing back. Cause I know he came on for Rosleff and he's done a job there before. I mean, part, of the, part of the problem is Janel's obviously is a midfield player. Yeah. You take him out of there, you make him midfield weaker. Because I think that that three together, Jensen, Norgard, and and Yano, we've got a real relationship now, haven't they? Yeah, although I think um, Onyek has been playing a lot better this season. Um, obviously, he came on at half time yesterday in the game. Uh, they took Yano off, Yano off, and that wasn't uh, injury related. That was purely tactical, and um, he's looked pretty good to him. So I don't think it really, it doesn't take too much away. I wouldn't say. Putting him I in think there. I think most of us were thinking Yano would play left wing back slash left back against Liverpool. You've done it with, against West Ham, where yeah. probably I presume, and it didn't work out that way. That the expectation was he was going to play against Bowen, which, in terms of profile players, not mm. too dissimilar to Salah. As it planned out, Kudos played there, so there was still a massive challenge in that game. You did all right. You got better the longer that game went on, without a doubt. I was surprised that Yanel didn't play there. Jones, I thought he would too, and because I thought it would in then in attack, it would be go to almost like more of a four four two with him sort of in in more centrally. Um, he's actually been okay at left back when he's played what the couple of games he's been there, um, but yeah, he isn't naturally a left back, but is relatively good defensively minded. So yeah, having this no left back at the moment is a is a bit of a worry, um, especially when you come against Arsenal. So so before we started. Tom got me and Adam both raising our eyebrows because he said Bukaya Saka, captain in game yeah. week 13. Obviously, Haaland and Salah go up against each other at the Etihad. The fixtures aren't particularly great for anybody. Salah's just scored twice against you. Kudos and Bowen both scored against you in the game before. Yep. So you captain Saka in game week 13, Tom. I mean, I won't be, obviously. Um, <laughs> You've probably still but, got it bust on Ivan Tony, haven't you? 
Yeah, he's just sat on the second, sat third on the bench, just sat there waiting to be released into the, well, probably into Arsenal, but we'll maybe come to that <laughs> later. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I think obviously Haaland's obviously Haaland and that's just life and obviously Salah, Salah. But if you wanted to go against him this week, then I don't think Saka playing against that left that left side of us where we don't have a recognised left back. Um, Rosleff, if he does play, isn't particularly defensively minded. I don't think he's particularly good enough. Um, and that's why you've seen Chris Fire play there on the right, and he's been fantastic on the right-hand side. Ben Mee's just come back from injury, played his first 90 minutes and was thrown in against Liverpool. If he doesn't play, then you've got Zanka, Zanka who has always deputised well, but I mean, his last outing before Brentford was playing for Huddersfield. So, I mean, you can make your own uh, assumptions on that one. And then if not, it's Jan playing there. And if it's not Jan Holt, it's Salman Goddard, who's a winger. So it could be anyone playing left left back, but all I can tell you is Whoever does play left back isn't the world's best left back. So I don't mind it. And I think they will have pretty much. And it's one of those where surely Arteta's sitting there going, right, we're going to just put everything down the right hand side because they've just seen Mo Salah score two goals down there. And they've seen Bowen and Kudas do the same the week before. Adam? Um, I think a lot for me will depend on Erdegaard and what his kind of outlook is. I think he's very key to the right-hand side of build-up. Same would go for Ben White, but I'm more confident that he'll be back than Erdegaard just because I feel like there's been such little news on Erdegaard since, like, not even entirely sure what the nature of his injury is and uh, and all that kind of stuff. I My problem with it would be is I don't see us going, I don't see us going there and scoring, like, three, four goals. I think it'll probably be a tight 2-1, two, 2-0 two, two kind of game to, to Arsenal, I hope. Um, and I'd almost look at, would I rather, if I'm going to go away from Haaland or Salah and take a, like, air quotes punt, would I rather go and do it on someone like Bowen, who's playing Burnley, who are typically more kind of expansive and they might feel the need to be expansive given they're um, at home, then I think I probably would favour someone like that. So, Adam, you recommend captain a West Ham player in an away game, yeah? Uh, well, you know, it could, or even someone like Ollie Watkins is playing this kind of rubbish. Oh, well, thing, you know, another away game, yeah. Sinking yeah. down the league. Has oh, Bone got six away goals in six games, doesn't he? Uh, yes, that's true. And Tottenham Villa won't be nil-nil either. Um, yeah, I have to say, I don't disagree with Adam's comment, actually. If if you group those three players, Saka, Bowen and Watkins, and you said to me now, one of those three players won't score, but the other one too, I think the most likely not to score would be Saka, actually. It's not a slight on him or Arsenal. It's, it's you, Tom. It's your team. I know the other two would be more open and Bowen and Watkins will have will have chances. So I, I I kind of agree with with that analysis. He he wouldn't be under consideration from the armband to me, but I'd certainly take the point, Tom. There's obviously a weakness there that can be exploited, right? Yeah, I think I mean defensively this season we've not been so great because of the constant changing of which centre back pairing is playing as well, or three. Um I think Saturday was the first time we've had though the three players who would be starting together play together um you, you might even see that might be a and, and that's me Pinnock, collins for 
for anyone who's not sorry, sure, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And then obviously Pinnock and me playing if it was a two, although Pinnock and me, uh, Collins have been playing well with me being out, but it's the first time that's actually settled down. And so that's the first game they've played together this season as a full 90. And so therefore you go into your second game, your first game was against Liverpool and your second game is going in against Arsenal. Um, yeah, that, that that back three will stick now. We wouldn't I we wouldn't look at that back three and go, oh, they lost 3-0 to Liverpool. Change. Oh, no, no, yeah. No, That's what it not. will be, right? It definitely, oh, no, absolutely. But it's sort of one of those where, what, we're into, it'll be game 13 of the season, whereas every other team has played most of their centre-back pairings together consistently throughout the game, the rest of the season, whereas we're sort of just putting it back together again and, and so again, bear in mind, obviously, Collins is, is, is new this season as well, so hasn't played with Ben Mee up until yesterday. Yeah, fair. So, what's your instinct then? Wing backs against Arsenal. Who are they going to be? Yeah, uh, Chris Fire, and I'm going to go with Janot because I think Rosliff was. The... It... Yeah, I'll go with it, but I just think it's so. It's just so defensive. You basically you're basically playing five centre backs pretty much. But that Janot, it... Janot being able to that, come in that almost makes it worse for teams trying to. Could you, the one thing you definitely are, Tom, is organised. Yeah, absolutely. Always. You really are. And it's like, Joe, you know if you could list me and, and a number of teams, you think, oh, they're coming to your place. I think, oh, give me an early goal against Brentford almost more sure. than anybody. Because you kind of see, even you look at that opening, the Chelsea game, where for half hour, Chelsea played really well. They didn't get that goal and you, you grew and it became harder and harder and it became more yeah. frustrating for Chelsea. And then you've gone and done the business at, at the end of the game. So I don't think that's too much of a problem. It, it's more the concern, I think, offensively mm-hmm. with having, you know, no Henry, no Hickey. But the data suggests that you're coping all yeah. right without them, without Tony. We've said higher higher XG non-penalty yeah. than Arsenal. And it's worth saying both of you teams have had penalties this year. So it's even better, obviously, with the penalties for both of you. So I feel like you're you're coping, but... Definitely offensive. You think, oh, it's that's missing something. I mean, Henry is so athletic, isn't he, Tom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a huge miss. I mean, um, I obviously listened to Frank's press conference after the game yesterday, and he was saying that basically it's equivalent to obviously Liverpool losing, losing someone like Robertson out of their team. Um, he's probably one of our is. Are you yeah, just digging at Shimikas non-owners this week by <laughs> saying that? Or I benched him, so benched him third as well, so. <laughs> Just digging it yourself. Benched him, it. benched him, no Salah, and I support the team they did it against. So yeah, re- really, really fun weekend for me. But um, yeah, I don't know. He, I think he's he's so important for how we play. Um, he's he's like the re- that release of just you know how you get you know he's such a good player to have to counter attack because he obviously his pace is phenomenal. Um, and he's up and down that wing, ninety minutes every every single game. Um, so yeah, he's obviously a massive miss, and then obviously with Hickey being out as well. Up until the new year, again, it's a, a massive miss because um, he's obviously not from a speed point of view, maybe so much, or a athletic point of view, but from a technical point of view and 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 how he plays, he's he's a phenomenal player as well. So, yeah, two two big misses on on both sides, really. Yeah, I thought it was really unfortunate for Higgy that he was basically having to cover on the the left hand side yeah. as well when it's obviously it's preferable for him to play on the right. Well, I think when he was a uh, he was actually naturally left back. And um, but he plays both sides, so I think um, he, he's happy to cover both. But he, I think he's better on the right. Yeah, 
Who is Tom? Yegor mm. Yarmoluk. Uh an unbelievable, very young Ukrainian guy that we 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 signed last season. Um he completed uh who unbelievable yes, when he came on, he was so good. Um completed four dribbles, and I think it was the second most dribbles in the Premier League this weekend. Bear in mind he played 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure Ray and Aitnori probably had the most against. Oh, was it? oh felt, okay. Felt yeah, like no, it was, it was tearing us apart. That's bad. It was, uh, <laughs> I know. He, I know. He had. It was. It was. Um, uh, it was. He was ridiculous. Yeah, he's. He's very good. Um, he will get more minutes, but from an FPL point of view, I don't think there's any interest there. I wasn't asking for FPL. No, okay. Like he is cheap midfielder. Um, could he be an option for you? In a wing um, position. I don't think so. Um, no, I think okay, more of an, yeah, more of an attacking uh, sort of in centre. I think he's sort of more of like a Matthias Jensen mould player. Okay. Uh, Adam, what can you tell Gabriel on is, is he playing game week 13? Was it was it just another rest? Was it against Seville? Like, wh- what is it? Is it a bigger deal or, or not? What What is this? Um, well, speaking as a Gabriel, and I think the problem is, is that Saliba obviously scores and the kind of not the goal not that the goal is Gabriel's fault but it does deflect off him and it's kind of a it feel it makes him feel much worse um I think still the number one centre-back partnership is Gabriel and Saliba I think other than the kind of opening I don't know really what well I do think I know what Arteta was trying but it didn't work at the start of the season um I don't think it um, and I don't think it's something that he's going to go back to at this point um, in terms of benching Gabriel. Um, I think just stick with him. Really, it's it sucks to say, but he's a start. He's a first choice centre back for the best defensive team in the league, and he's four point seven. Is he? I think. I think you've just got to kind of put up with it and know that. Yeah, there might be the occasional game when it's a packed schedule, like we've got a European game, both sides, and it's a favourable home fixture at the weekend where he might get rested and just have that in mind when you look at who else you've got. Um, so th- th- this is the problem. If if you ask me, do you think Gabriel starts at Brentford? I'm looking at him game, 99%. If he's fit, no problem. He's better, particularly with Brentford's physicality as well, right? No problem. The problem is Wolves at home the it's following Wolves Saturday next, yeah. with Luton away to Tuesday afterwards. And you're thinking, I don't know if he's playing both of them. And obviously in between Brentford and Wolves, obviously Champions League game as well. Then you go to Villa afterwards. Then there's another Champions League. Then it's Brighton. But it does feel like Saliba will play all of them. Why is that? I think mainly we've got more options in that left centre-back role. Um, like I think Kivior is very, he's quietly gone about his business very well. I think he's very, uh, I think he's impressed me with his kind of confidence on the ball and he's uh, he's quick. He can play in midfield as well, or at least uh, he did previously. He can, he can also play at left back. So he is comfortable doing some of what Gabriel does in terms of covering that left back space. And we just don't, have a player like Saliba. No one's got a player like Saliba. He's probably, in my opinion, I think he's top three centre-backs in the league easily. Um, and it's just very hard to replicate his combination of 
uh, confidence on the ball, pace and physicality. Um, he's the better defender and we've got more options to replace Gabriel, I think is as simple as that, really. Yeah, I get that. But then in some of these easier ones, as, as you say, he could play right-sided centre-back and Tommy Asu at right-back. Like, there's options, right? But it always just feels like it seems to happen to, to Gabriel. You said there was something that Arteta was trying that you didn't think you'd go back to. Can, can you explain what that is? Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of, I mean, basically, I think trying to have two inverted fullbacks, um, so shifting white from right back to centre back um, and inverting both from right back and left back, I think was something he was looking to and I think could potentially be part of a reason why we signed uh, Yuri and Timber in the summer as well because he can obviously play at right back and left back um, and in pre-season and before his injury was performing that kind of more inverted role from the left-hand side. Um, obviously, now he's out for the season. Pretty, uh, like, I'm pretty sure he'll be out for the season. I've heard um, he's got a chance of late winner, actually, Timber. Really? I thought yeah. he was... Uh, well, I mean, he's not going to come back anytime soon, I think. is No, sure not. Probably, no. But yeah. Um, so, and I think in that position where you've got a choice between... You've got a choice between Gabriel, Saliba and White for those two centre-back spots. I think the reason why he went for White and Saliba is because of... I think they're both quicker than he is, although Gabriel's not slow. And they're probably more comfortable in bigger spaces with the ball. So they're more comfortable bringing it forward. Um, Obviously, White does that from right back and as the right back inverts, he can kind of push out to the space that he vacates and overlap from uh, overlap from Saka. And I just don't really think he would ever want Saliba to be in that position or to have uh, Gabriel do it from the other side. Tom, which one have you got, Gabriel or Saliba? Gabriel. Anything you want to ask, Adam? I'm pretty happy with him, Tom. I'm, I'm like... Because I mean, he's so cheap as well. It's sort of like annoying. Obviously, Sleep got the goal on the weekend, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind owning him. To be are you, you going to play him against your team in thirteen? Are you um, bench him. Yeah, uh, probably going to bench him. To be honest. Okay, bold. Adam, which one you got? Uh, out of Gabriel, Gabriel Saliba, I've got Gabriel. So, okay, I mean, and you're sticking with it as well. Fine. Yeah. Sad James as well, though. I did bench Simicast this week. Well, I've got Saliba and I cheated prior to the game with one deadline and I'm happy to tell everyone that I cheated. <laughs> so there you go. Shit. If you were buying one now, though, Adam, you probably would still buy Gabriel, wouldn't you? It... He, at the time of recording, he's 4.8. Saliba's 5.4. We are pre-recording this on Monday night. I think the problem is, is that the, that's almost two different price brackets. Like, to me, I bought Gabriel at 4.7 but even at 4.8 he's the kind of guy that can be that rotating defender in your side if you want to whereas at 5.4 I would feel like I want to start that player every yeah. week and like I think people quite easily forget because Gabriel's been benched a couple of times and Saliba obviously got the goal at the weekend but Gabriel has always had the better kind of uh goal threat from yeah. set pieces so if you want to use that as something then I think I I still think I would I would go for Gabriel, but I recognize I recognize that that kind of feels like a a dumb suggestion. I want to say that includes a goal at Brentford last season, and Gabriel. 
Or was it Saliba? Who scored? Uh, no, Saliba got his goal against Bournemouth, the left foot sweep from the edge. Gabriel, near post flick on at Brentford last year, quite early in the game, I think. Yeah, and he did the same thing against Chelsea as well. Okay. Zinchenko, an alternative then? 4.9? No, and I feel bad because a couple of my uh, mates were asking me if about him and I said I wouldn't bother because I don't know if he's even secure of his spot anymore. Bad, because, I mean, that game at the weekend was always a Zinchenko game because it's against a like kind of lower um, in the table opposition at home. So we're going to dominate the ball more. But I wouldn't be totally shocked if Tommy Asu played, assuming Ben White is fit, if Tommy Asu played at left back ahead of Zinchenko. Because I think Tommy Asu won our player of the month uh, for October. So it, he's been in very, very good form. And there were much more active, like th- there was a debate essentially amongst Arsenal fans about who would be first choice left back going forward, whether it be Tommy Asu or Zinchenko. Whereas like previously, it wasn't even really a discussion. It was kind of a, oh, it's great to have someone as dependable as Tommy Asu as cover on both sides to give us that kind of different option. But I think it's much more, it's much more of an active discussion now than than it was before. Okay. Tom, uh, is it just Saka, the offensive Arsenal player you've got? Or is it more? Yeah. No, just Saka and Gabriel for me. Adam? Yeah, the same for me. And I wouldn't be looking to add to it. Cheers. I bought Martinelli last week. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting decision. I thought I'd punt it for, well, I wasn't intending for James Madison to get injured. Um, I thought, look, four fixtures, Burnley at home, right time, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away. I was just going in for the four fixtures. Let's punt it. He came in against City really lively. Looked your most threatening player and obviously mm-hmm. scores the goal, obviously heavily deflected, admittedly. And then had a choice going into game week 10 to buy him or Bowen. And I decided to go Bowen. Right, cool. Talisman. I decided to punt it on the four fixtures. It feels regrettable. Why does it feel regrettable, Adam? I don't normally regret moves. It may be because it wasn't part of my strategic plan. Yeah, and I think that's probably the case for a lot of people. Like, I think, I don't think anyone was looking at doubling up on the Arsenal midfield, really. There might have been a couple of people who were willing to take a punt on the fixtures, but I think a lot of people were in a similar situation to you where the Madison injury kind of forced a move. And I know I didn't have Bowen, so that was where I went for Madison. But like yourself, I know a lot of people um, a lot of people did, so decided to punt on Martinelli. And it's never great, the fact that home to Burnley and he's only had one shot. So it's, I think that probably, that probably makes you feel a little bit worse. But I don't know if you watch the highlights of our, Champion, I don't know why you would watch the highlights of our Champions League game midweek, but anyone who did would have seen how excellent he was in that game and how I'm sure the opposition fullback is still having nightmares about it. But he he was amazing in that game. Um, so I think perhaps you, if I was an owner, I would be looking at this perhaps as more of the exception rather than something that's going to continue going forward. I it's not something I would be overly concerned about or thinking, oh God, I better get rid of him now. Um, but yeah, it's, I can understand why people feel a little bit shortchanged by it. He's flagged. Yes, he As is. As in yellow flagged. Is there an issue? 
Uh, not that I've seen reported. I tried to do some more looking uh, today, but I couldn't. I couldn't see anything. Okay, question for you. Let's assume he's fit, Adam. Would you Would you pick Martinelli over Saka in thirteen? Um, no, no. Would you pick Would you pick him over Jared Bowen? Mm, uh, no, probably not. Would you pick him over Hyunming's son? Yes, but only just. Mainly For FPL, I... over Sonny, against Villa's high line. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I would. I mean, okay. yeah, just about. Would you pick him over Mitoma, Forest away? Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you going to list every midfielder in the game? <laughs> no, I'm going to list every midfielder that I've got. Um... <laughs> I think that one's close. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. You obviously would pick Haaland over him. And yeah. I assume you'd pick Watkins over yeah. him. Would yeah. you pick Martinelli over Alvarez? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, probably. Just about. Mainly because, I mean, personally, I've been thinking of selling Alvarez. And I think his kind of meagre return against Chelsea got him a little bit of a stay of execution. Okay. Points taken. There is no world where I'd ever be benching Hyun Ming Sun in any fixture ever, mate, playing through the middle as a centre forward. Um, at the moment, I have been bust on the bench. And it would probably be, for me, between Martinelli and Bitoma. Now, the flag's helping him sit there. But part of the original plan, Tom, was to go Madison to Mbumo yep. in game week 14 when Tottenham went go to Manchester City and you walk into Luton at home. I think the game won early because I'm convinced that Mbumo is going to get bought by a lot of people going into game week 14. Yes. And you know what the irony is, Tom? If I buy him, I might bench That's... him as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's, well, he's, filled, he's filled the Ivertone-sized hole very well so far this season. Um, I think his goal scoring has been great. I mean, he could have got a lot more goals. He could have got a lot more points against West Ham. That was very unfortunate. Yeah, it was um, phenomenal. He was an Allison save away yesterday from scoring against Liverpool. Um, yeah, he's been he's been brilliant. Um, so yeah, I would buy him. But if you buy him and bench him, that's at your own peril. So we haven't had a penalty in a while. So he's probably due one soon. <laughs> I hope it's game week thirteen, mate. <laughs> um, what do you think is that as a move, though, Martinelli to Mbuma? And to be honest, if I did get Mbuma in, the you thing is though, him. it's it's conflicting because obviously I'd play Saliba so then yeah. I'm just buying a player to play against someone else in my team but yeah I'll, I probably would pick him over Mitoma I think personally yeah I mean like well obviously uh, there's going to be no David Rea for, for Arsenal um, against us whether whether you think Aaron Ramsdale can uh, keep are you concerned about us? that Adam just quickly no, no not, I, didn't, not I really. didn't think you would be no um, but yeah I mean we're gonna we're gonna do the same as what we do against the big sides. It's gonna be sit back and it's gonna be breaking on the counter. Um, the guys at front are very much quick enough, and with Matthias Jensen sat behind, pinpointing out some some long balls. Uh, he's not a, he's he's not an awful pick this week, but you know, obviously, he's playing against the team with did you say the best best XGC this this season. So, yeah. oh, so, so says Adam. I can't bother to check that one. No, I don't think looking it up. I know, I know Tom looked <laughs> really bad there, so I went over. No, so I mean, obviously, they're obviously a very good defensive side, but you know, we do 
we do break well and 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 Mbomo's been on great form. So I can't I wouldn't be surprised if he scored and I wouldn't be surprised if he blanked if that makes sense. I'm pretty fifty fifty on that one. He's he's definitely better than he has been over the last few seasons though. That West Ham game really pricked my interest. I watched the whole game back and oh. it was phenomenal. I like how we only walked out of that with with an assist. Um, and when you look at his underlying data versus, say, Martinelli, it's like night and day. The yeah, he's between the two. Yeah, he's been. He's yeah. I mean, goals and assists this season. He's just been. He's been everywhere. He's done. It was one of those where it's like almost like, right, Tony's out. Your the gauntlet's been thrown down. You've got to be basically be him. And um, he's stepped up massively from where he was a few seasons ago. Obviously, obviously, it was a joke from the first season where obviously all he could do was hit the crossbar on the post. And and this season he's. Um, been been so much better. Do you think it's silly though, Tom, to invest in Brentford players considering you have a blank game week coming up in eighteen? Uh well I mean you have your wild card, so it's not so bad for yourself. But um True, but it's I've sitting there with two City, I had them boomered and that's that's three outfield players I've got who won't play in eighteen. Um No, but I see what you I mean, the thing is, I guess, is there's lots of good options out of Mbomo. So, I mean, with all of the very cheap midfielders, you're not really stuck if you go there. So, like, if you went down to someone quite low and then you're sort of, you're sort of stuck there. Whereas at Mbomo, you're a good price where you can drop down to, like, a Cole Palmer or a Simon Dinger. Like, there's... I, I mean, the value's not so much of a problem. Because land in 18, for me, who doesn't have Salah, I might be going Haaland to... Yeah. Wilson, for example, and Mbomo to Salah, for example. Right, okay. Right? So, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I think with the fixtures we've got coming up up until 18, there's some good ones in there. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal doesn't appeal in, no, in sure. seriousness, but then Luton at home, yeah. Brighton away without a clean sheet yet, Sheffield United away, and then Villa at home as well. You know, they'll they'll give up opportunities. It's just a case of if you can break their high line or not. But he's become so talismanic for you. And I think yeah. if we re- reflect on the start of the season, it was a little bit, oh, can Visser match him and stuff? Like, he doesn't feel that way now, does no, it? No, not, not even close. Like, um, yeah, I mean, and then the nice thing you've got is, so I've always said I think he's a better asset when he plays on the right wing as well. And so when you get into the games after Arsenal, when we're playing a four at the back, he's going to be better, I think, playing in that position than he will be playing up front because I think he is a far better winger than he is a striker. To go and buy Neil Morpé. One, have you quick bit on Neil Morpé? Neil Morpé won't start against Arsenal, will he? Being serious, no, it'll, it'll come on and score. Um, <laughs> he probably will, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, this it's, it's three it's three uh, goal involvements in four games. I mean, what else? What else do you need to know, James? It's uh, four point eight million. The only thing I need to know for my interest for Neil Morpé is, and it will be checks notes. When do Brentford play West Ham United? <laughs> uh, uh, game week 26. Blank game week as well. That's when I need to go and invest in Neil Morpay because he only scores against West Ham United. Um, it might be interesting on the other side. If, yeah. the, if the double happens with City. The problem is that he um, won't play against City. No, he probably won't. But it's Wolves at home, Palace away. You probably do pay a back four. Yep. And of, and then game at 21's Forest at home. And presumably Mbumo's gone to AFCON. And he's going to be playing. But it's Tony's first game back. Yeah, but then you'll have uh, Wissa out as well because he's uh, away as well. Ah, so that's that's interesting. But I, I won't play Morpay wide. 
by which point you might have like the likes of Lewis Potter back fit yeah, so and stuff have, like that. So yeah, probably. So it might be just a yeah. Oh, I don't even know what's going to happen during that period. Hopefully, would have bought someone by then. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame really. He's got the blank because I think he's actually a really good eighth attacker to have a four point eight. Yeah, I, I don't hate it because as well the only fixtures he's going to start are the easier ones, which are going which paper. are going to be and it's after Arsenal. It's going to be. I think he's going to start all of those games. So I think he starts Luton, Brighton, no, Sheffield United. You'll play a back five against Brighton, mate. I don't think we will. Yeah, I don't think you'll play a back four against Brighton. We'll Villa, Villa's touch and go. I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll play Villa, back I think, five I, I against Brighton. More, I'd reckon we'd play a back five more likely against Villa than we would against Brighton, to be honest. Just I think we'd want the attackers in there. Anyway, we'll see. That's the... We'll, we'll, we'll have a little bet on that one. But if you want to look at him for a rotation, yeah, he probably does play Luton in 14 and Sheffield United 16 if you are looking for Someone that sort of thing drop for, on the bench for whatever reason. Yeah, but obviously the blank sort of rules out, really, because you just want to... He will be a nightmare going for it later on. Okay. Uh, Adam, before we finish up, do we... Odegaard, do we know what's going on and when Jesus is back and what's happening with Nketiah? It, it's all very... I mean, Arteta is not helpful at the best of times no to, shit. Su- to such an extent that even the Brazilian national team clearly don't trust him because despite the fact that we flagged him as injured they have still called him up for the Brazil squad to assess him anyway so there's obviously that kind of distrust has, uh, has spread to Rio um, in terms of Arteta's medical updates but no I think there was some talk uh, only on Twitter though that Jesus might have been able to be back um, for the game at the weekend, but I don't think that was ever really realistic. The optimistic assessment is that uh, certainly uh, he'll have a better chance after the international break um, and the Erdegaards will, he's got a chance as well. Um, but it's all, it's all very vague in terms of actual definitive timelines um, on all that stuff. It's not very helpful, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry Brilliant. about that. I wish I could be more helpful, but but I can't. I mean, I would. It's not. It's not. It's not. I think you're very helpful, Adam. It's just your your manager who's a. Um, let's do credit score predictions before we finish up. Uh, Tom, go on then. You always do well in the big games. Although Arsenal have won their last two at the G Tech, including the Carabao Cup win earlier this season. They have. Um, two oh, one Brentford. Good lad. Said with said with real gusto that one. Adam. Uh I'll go two one Arsenal, but I think the only player who will score for Brentford is Neil Marco. Because he just hates <laughs> Arsenal so much. It's just like a it's a perfect narrative kind of thing. Um but yeah, no, I think I think we'll do enough to win. Uh I think it probably depends on the, some fitness issues for you as well a little bit Adam and you know if suddenly you're going there with like, no Jesus no and catcher for whatever reason no recognised forward with the way they defend and you don't have Odegaard to pick the lock it might become frustrating if those big players are fit then I think yeah you, you probably win but otherwise yeah do you know what I'll, I'll go I'll go 1-1 for the minute uh, Tom anything you want to plug before you finish up uh, uh, I guess you can follow me on Twitter Um FPL Dummy Tom. It's now become the Neil Moore Pay Fan Club page. But <laughs> good stuff, mate. And, and Adam, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at three five who. If uh, I don't know what fan page I am, I kind of 
mellowed a little bit on my habits love at the moment because I was getting more abuse than it was worth for that. Uh, so, do you know what? We, we didn't touch on him. But, uh, how did he play in the, the last few? Because actually, what was the game I watched of you before? I, when you lost at Newcastle, I know you got involved in the confrontations. But I, he, it felt, I don't know why, he just felt more comfortable as a right-sided eight than the left. Yeah, I think that is definitely the consensus amongst Arsenal fans as well. I think he's his best performances have come in that position. I think he's been improving week on week, really. Um, since the kind of low of his performance against Fulham, I think he's been gradually getting better. I think, yeah, like you say, despite his uh, antics and probable should have had a red card, I I thought Newcastle might have been his best game or certainly, certainly one of his best games. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's going to be interesting when Odegaard comes back to see how he shifts back into that left-hand side because I don't think there's any chance of um, Arteta moving Odegaard from the right uh, the right I side. Disagree. Eight, but, now, yeah. now Havertz has Havertz has proved himself as the right-sided eight solution. I think you should sell Odegaard. Oh, really? You'd like that? You, yeah. you, do, you, do you want to buy him as <laughs> well? Completely unbiased opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's pro. It's a bit of an issue. Um, more that I mean, obviously, I'm glad that he's looking more comfortable in the team. But yeah, the fact that it is coming in our captain's position means it it just won't last. So I've been advocating for him whilst Jesus and Nketiah are out, even when Nketiah is fit, for him to play where Trossard played at the weekend, essentially. Um, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So no, the decision seems to be made that he's he's an eight. Seems to be the decision now, which is strange given he played as a kind of false nine in air quotes in Community the Community Shield. Shield. And I thought he was excellent in that game. So it's it's an interesting one. Interesting. Thanks so much, gents. Uh, I'm out of the loop because we're pre-recording this Monday night. So I think I'm streaming at some point on Friday. Uh, next week's Clash of Correspondence is Fulham versus Wolves with Dara Cohen and Bradley Parker. And they're both missing key players with Craig Dawson and Joao Paulinia both suspended that'll be available for you next thursday just leaves me to say thanks again so much to tom and to adam good luck gents cue music please manchild Podcast Network.